You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for, because this is for the last. This is for the last. This is Reformed Raza. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And what up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic. And you're now in the mix. Gracias for tuning in. Don't forget to hit us up, reformedraza.gmail.com. And now we got the website up, reformedraza.com. What? Dang. Dang. That's right. right right. So you can hit us up right there. Right there you can find, you know, what we're all about. Listen to episodes. Mm -hmm. We got more things coming on the website. You know, you'll be able to go right there for everything that we, uh, all the content that we provide. Uh, It's a work in progress. So, I mean, right now, as far, you can just go right there. You can send us an email. Shoot us a comment, um, listen to episodes. Uh, you know, we got the basically like the mission statement right there, right? Yeah, and, and, and there's a link where you can find us on our Instagram. It directs you right to Instagram, Facebook, to wherever you could stream us at. I mean, it's 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 a little hub, but uh, yeah, we finally have so that website. Reformrasa.com. You can hit us up right there, and don't yeah. forget to leave us a five star review. Leave a comment on Apple Podcasts wherever you're listening. Spotify, we're on Anchor, all that fun stuff, and yeah, man. So, so today, man, today we're gonna get it in. Today, we know that Ooh. the world is a little crazy today. Um, we got a lot of things going on with this, you know, all the protests going on. Um, so we we here are we from Raza. We want to be able to speak to that, but uh, we also want to keep you in line with with what we're doing here you know what i mean uh we're gonna talk about what's going on here in the united states with all the protests we're gonna leave that for next week i believe uh but for today we're gonna bring it back to to just we're gonna keep it moving you know what i mean so justin what are, what are we on today well today we are uh starting a new series that uh I, I think it's very crucial to us as believers it's it's called the struggle series and so in today's episode, we are going to be going, I mean, if you haven't already read the title, we're going to be going over pornography and, and the struggle that men and women um, face as we are believers and, and as we are trying to live this life to, in, in sanctification and how we are able to um, overcome these things. Yeah. And so I, I just want to put a little disclaimer real quick that as you guys are listening to this, this we're going to be saying some some rough stuff or or some very exposing things. So just just, you know, if keep you got, that in mind. Yeah, if you got yeah. kids around, Explicit. yeah, if you got kids around, if you're uh, still sensitive to some of the language, uh, por favor, feel free to, you know, skip this episode or listen to it on headphones when you're by yourself uh because it is a sensitive topic and we're gonna get real we gonna get real today do it yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so uh you want to introduce our guest oh yeah no um so of course we're not doing this alone. We have one of our brothers, Jerry De Oleno. Oleo. Oleo. Oh, sorry, sorry. Welcome, brother. Welcome. Hey, hey, thank you guys. Thank you for having me on, brothers. Of course, man. And so today we're 
I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking about this this heavy topic. And so just first and foremost, if, if you want to just introduce, introduce yourself to our listeners, who you are, um, what ministry you serve in, and uh, yeah, just a little basic uh, yeah. rundown. Yeah, so my, uh, my name is Jerry. Uh, I am uh, uh, my wife. I have a, my wife of uh, uh, eight years. Her name is Beverly. I have a son, Josiah, named Se- uh, who's seven. And I have a daughter, Layla, who's three. Uh, I'm a deacon at our local church. It's a small uh, Baptist church. I don't want to hear anything, Martin. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave that for later, bro. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that for later, yeah. Um, it's a, a small church. Um, and I, uh, I, I spent uh, about 30 years uh, hooked on pornography. Um, it was, it was, it was uh, just eating away at me, killing me. And, and on March 9th, 2005, 2015, uh, the Lord delivered me once and for all, I believe. And I'm totally uh, grateful for that. And I'm grateful to be here with you fellas, man. I love the work you guys do. Uh, it is so refreshing to see my brothers, um, you know, uh, proclaiming the truth of God and reaching out to the community and, and doing what you guys do. So I'm, I am privileged to be here with you fellas. Yeah, the privilege is ours, bro. Especially since you're the first uh, Puerto Ricano that we got on. That's a, that's a oh, wait, 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 wait! I'm Dominican. Don't come oh, here, champagne and beer. Dispensa. Come Damn. on, I'm Dominican. Dispensa. Dang, I don't know what Wikipedia yeah. site you got that from. I don't know if you heard that, but I don't know if you heard that, but I deserve one of these. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. So you're the first Dominican pues that, that we, we we've had on. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Please, please. You know, champagne and beer are not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, yeah. So man, all right. So for so one of the first things we want to bring up is what is the impact of pornography in the culture that we see today. So if you want to go ahead and just share with us, and then of course all of us are going to chime in. Well, the the, the, the impact I think is a lot of times is uh, becomes a reality when you see how family families have been uh, uh, damaged. Uh, you see a rise in violence. You know, Ted Bundy before he was executed, he mm. said that one of the one of the things that impacted him the most that was almost a catalyst for him to do what he did to all those women was pornography. And so when you look at uh, the way that our culture has devolved, when you look at the way that uh, families have broken, when you look at uh, sexuality, how's it, how it's treated, uh, people are no longer, you know, I work in a, a clinic where you ask people, do you think your sexuality, it, do you think sex and your faith are intertwined or connected? They'll say no. And so the way that I believe pornography has uh, distorted uh, God's perfect creation is that uh it's, it's distorted sex in the way that the society approaches it. But then when you look at the church, it's demonized sex. The, mm-hmm, the church, mm-hmm. the church has been so, the church has been so impacted and permeated by pornography that no one wants to talk about it. And so sex has become demonized in church. And so it's, it's, it's become a problem. It's become yeah. a problem everywhere. And, uh, and so I think not only has it impacted the culture, but the reason why it's impacted the culture as much as it has is because it's devastated the church. And so when you have people in pews who are filled with uh, shame and guilt and you have pastors 
who have just as much guilt and shame because they're both on it. Uh, no one is actually talking about anything. And so uh, I think it's distorted and destroyed uh, the fabric of our society um, and just uh, really just uh, messed things up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I always like to refer to this topic as the demon that every man must slay because, I mean, it's the it's like the big um, elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. No one wants to talk about their struggle with with pornography. You know what I mean? Uh, that's something that that we're very quiet about, even as men. That that you know, as brothers in the Lord, you know what I mean? It's something that we really don't want to get into because of the shame, because of the embarrassment that it brings. And I think that's that's the key point right there. That it, it does bring shame. You know what I mean? It does bring embarrassment um, when you know that you're you're doing these kind of things. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. think that we sh- we as a church uh, should be able to to bring these issues to light, to talk about them, um, so that people aren't ashamed to bring this bring these out and, and deal with these struggles and lay them to rest. You know what I mean? Because that's 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 the job of the church right there to be able to bring these these kind of struggles that that brothers and sisters have, so that we're able to deal with them and put them to death. You know what yeah. I mean? That's why I say that he's a demon that every man must slay. Absolutely, and and I think I think it's important to understand that that a lot of pastors don't talk about this because a lot yeah. of pastors are struggling with it. A lot of pastors mm. are drowning in it, and there's a sense of of shame that is within a lot of leaders and elders and pastors in the church where they can't confront their 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 congregation. Uh, but it also what it does and i'll say this quickly aside from shame it starts to really distort your view of people you Mm. start becoming Mm. more aggressive you become more violent you become more desensitized you become more uh belligerent it's just a lot of things that it does because it starts to distort your view of people it's not only so much your your view of sex and love but your view of people when you're looking at pornography you're basically looking at men and women many cases who have been trafficked kidnapped you know uh, i use this analogy often you mind if i use an analogy go for it yeah so i use this analogy often that uh a person a, a person who's in pornography a, a person a, a, an actress an actor someone who's in that screen that person is spiritually dead that person it's almost as if that person is being executed with every second that they're on that screen they're dying more they're being broken more uh, it's almost like a live execution. And so the question that I often ask men is, Would let's say right now there's a woman that looks a beautiful woman and she's sitting in the electric chair and her family is sitting right there watching her and she's about to be executed. And all of a sudden they turn on the charge and she's, exec- she's being executed and there's foam coming out of her mouth and she's screaming and yelling in pain and she's dying as her skin is burning, to the gr- is, is burning up and you're sitting there with a smile on your face masturbating and people say, well, uh, it's not, no, it's exactly what you're doing because you're pleasuring yourself to someone's live execution. Mm-hmm. That person is being executed right before your eyes. They're dying every second. They're dying more and more. They're being, they're being turned away. They're, they're looking farther and farther away from their creator. They've lost their sense of being an image bearer of God. They're dying with every second and you have a smile on your face, masturbating, enjoying yourself to this person this, this person's demise what that does is that it creates in you a sense of hatred for God's image bearer uh, a sense of uh, indifference for God and his image bearer that it makes you a monster 
Mm-hmm. You don't realize you're becoming a monster. And at least Ted Bundy kept it real and said it. But you're becoming a monster without realizing that you're becoming a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's some hard stuff, man. And uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll even say he was even with my own personal struggles with that thing. It becomes you're, you're chasing an, an evil pleasure at the cost of other people's um how do I put it? At the cost of, of their of their their personhood, you know, who they are as a person. You're you're basically killing that of them and using them just as a prop. You know, after you got your, your pleasure, you got your, your 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 it's like a drug. You got your your you got your 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 hit, you know, you feel good, now you toss that person aside. And now even with um this age with uh you know phones and internet, uh, you can chase any pleasure that you that your evil mind desires you know what i mean mm-hmm. you can go out to your wildest fantasies and and do all this stuff at the cost of like how you said at the at looking at someone as an image bearer of god you know what i mean and that's basically what it is it's it's that's why jesus said it's murder uh, uh, adultery of the heart because that's what you're doing and it's, i even go as far as say that it could be even murder in the heart because uh like how you just said man like it's 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 a hateful thing to to pleasure yourself to someone's demise you know what i mean so i think that that when you get down to 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 the realness of it um it exposes the depravity of man i i think one of the the things that or one of the ways it has impacted culture today is like how you said it desensitizes all people to think that it's okay and and one of the one of the the best examples i could i could think of right now is in the movie spider-man um homecoming i believe the first spider-man with the one with tom holland and how um during one of the 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 ending fight scenes or whatever it is his friend is sitting at the computer and the teacher turns on the light and while he's trying to help out spider-man you know and asked him, what are you doing? And and his answer was uh, looking at porn. Mm. And it's almost like like that should be expected. Like instead of saying that he's helping out Spider-Man or whatever, like I'm, mm. instead he just goes to that as his mm. escape. And that is like the norm. Like, oh, OK, mm. you know, like, oh, that like that's the average thing. And then and, 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 and as a kid watching that or even just us as adults watching that, it's almost saying that, OK, well, well, this is something that's OK. Mm. Well, even, you know, even Justin, if you think about it, like, for example, you and I are watching movies, right? Or there's mm-hmm. a movie on television and you have, for example, let's say an actress, um, I don't know, uh, Jane Smith, right? And then you have another actor, Joe Smith, right? But Jane Smith in real life is married to someone. Yeah. And Joe in real life is married to someone else. But here are these two people in a movie, they're two actors married to two completely different people in real life, but their movie script calls for them to kiss and have intimacy. That's adultery. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. In God's eyes, that's adultery. They're being paid $20 million or whatever it is they're being paid to commit adultery in the name of art. And the people in the churches and whatnot are watching these movies. Oh, you know, Kirk Cameron, everybody clowns Kirk Cameron, but Kirk Cameron said, I won't kiss anyone because he's a married man. Mm-hmm. And so, but it, we have become so desensitized to these things is that we, we can watch a movie, uh, you know, Marvel or whatever, and there have scenes where, where human beings who are in real life married to people are having intimate moments on camera 
for the sake of art and a good movie plot and the church is sitting there it's so beautiful that's adultery man yeah uh, I, th- I think you guys bring up a, a good point because the way that it's affected our culture and today it's uh everything it's not just movies everything is is just um polluted with uh with uh with sex with uh mm-hmm. pornography because even in, in the greek i don't know how you exactly you pronounce this but uh, uh porneia you know any sexual explicit e- immorality so yeah. i i listened to um to a preaching by john piper called sex and the single person and uh it, it's, on, it's on his podcast of, of his of one of his greatest greatest sermons and uh, it's important to, to bring these these issues up because in he, he even says i wish somebody spoke to me about all this when i was a single person and then he talks about like you can't even watch a commercial without uh, a, a, a woman just exposing herself and, she, and they're trying to sell a burger or they're trying <laughs> to sell a drink and 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 they, they'll they'll use a, a women or, or anything explicit just to so they can your eyes can be on that product. So it's like we we it, it's exactly how you said, Martin. It's a it's a demon that every man must slay because it's not even just the men; it's the women too. But um, anything, advertisement, commercials, uh, billboards, everything that you see, there's always something because sex sells. And so for the Christian, that that's that's dangerous right there. Yeah. But that's how, how our culture is. It, it just um. Is so so freely it just wants to expose everything just just for that product or just for that thing not not realizing that the person himself is is a is, is corrupting himself mm-hmm. right and, 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 and amen to that brother and and it, and it also has an interesting effect on that for even what you said about uh, sex for example I taught on the I taught on on the song of Solomon I know you Puritans think everything is an allegory. I don't think it's an allegory, but whatever. Uh, but um, uh, when I taught on the subject of sex, uh, w- one of my elders said, you know, kept saying, hey, man, please be careful. You know, please be careful. You know, and, and I'm like, dude, I'm not Mark Driscoll, man. I'm not going to go there. You know, but but but, um, but one of the things is, is that because we've the, the, the lust and pornography and all these perversions have have uh, taken control of our culture, and our culture has now taken control of the church in many different ways. And now the church has demonized something that God created and called mm-hmm. good. The very first command God gave Adam and Eve is go have sex. That was the first command. Go and be fruitful. But even saying it like that, people are like, Ay, hermano, pero no diga eso, hermano. Hermano, ¿qué? what is that? Oh, my goodness. But because that's what we've done. Yeah. We've demonized mm-hmm. something that God created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, and I think I think that that's uh, also something that we need to be talking about, that there is... The other side of that coin. Yeah, the other side of the coin where sex is good and it, it is, you know could be pleasurable it could be it is pleasurable within the context yes, of a married <laughs> you know see see see, see i even hesitated to, to say that you know what i mean but yeah. it is supposed yeah. to be a, it is a gift from god you know doing it again because we we've been so in that mentality that we all oh, man that's you know yeah. you don't want to talk, like talk about you know, that you can't talk like that but in sex is a gift from god to many yeah. people within his uh covenant relationship between man and and woman 
mm-hmm. between man and woman, not between man and man and woman and woman. You know, that's even uh, another thing that we can just go into, but you know, we'll save that one for another time. Yeah. But always the, you know, yeah, um, we've been so uh, just far fetched from from the actual good things that sex is. You know what I mean? It's a gift. Mm-hmm. And then, it's like you know, yeah. it's like it's like my thing. It's like here's one thing I encourage men who are listening is that uh, sex is a gift of God, and it's supposed to be something pleasurable that you're supposed to enjoy with your wife. You're supposed to enjoy every inch of your wife's body. You're supposed mm-hmm. to. It, it, and, and and what happens is, is because this becomes so taboo, and and oh my goodness, how dare you? No, the you're you having sex with your wife, you. You doing these things with your wife is glorifying to God. Mm. You see, what we've done is we've taken it back to the garden where when they became nude, they were so that sin had corrupted them in such a way, and now they had shame before God. But if you are a new creation before the Lord and you are honoring your wife and you love your wife, then your sex is honoring to God. It it glorifies God. You are enjoying your wife's body. She's enjoying yours. You know, explore each other, comment on each other, look at each other. You know, these are things that we're supposed to do. There was an old school preacher. He must have been like 75 years old. And he shows up to the church one day and he's preaching to the men. And he goes, let me tell you guys, let me tell you young guys something. Because y'all can't handle it. And he gave an example of how when he and his wife have sex and he's in his 70s, he's, he's old little guy. He goes, sometimes I try to hang from the fan so I could try to land on her. And we were just... We were just cracking up, but, but he, the way he spoke about it was in such a pure and and, and such a uh, you know wonderful God fearing way that there, he didn't feel any shame in speaking of how much he enjoys being with his wife. Now that's not a conversation that I'm gonna be like walking up to you in the street, yo, Murray, you know what's having fun with my wife. Like, yeah. That's not my point. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, dudes, be taking things out of context. What I'm saying is, is that within the context of your home, you're supposed to enjoy it, love it, talk about it, all these things. But we don't do that because like what just happened right now and you and you caught yourself. It, we've been so conditioned yeah. to think that it's this just evil thing that even when we try to connect sex with God, it's like. I'm so sorry, Senor. Yeah. You know, we bring out the Roman Catholicism. We, we start going there. Yeah. And yeah, and and I, I would say um, I would say this too. When it comes to the bedroom between man and wife, I would say there is no limits except for two that I can see scripturally. So yeah. see, see if you can uh, roll with me. I want to see your opinion on this, Jerry. Um, in Ezekiel. I think it's 18. It says that, you know, that men and, and the wife shouldn't come together sexually in the time of the woman's, uh, that time of the month for the woman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When she when she's on a period, you know what I mean? So that's that's forbidden by scripturally, by, you know, the book of Ezekiel, and also, you know, in sodomy, you know what I mean? We're doing it like anal and things like that. Um, those are the two yeah. restrictions that I see in scripture that, that are, that, that that's the boundary right there. You're not allowed to cross those. And other than that, because that's a question I think people have to like, oh, how far or what can I do, you know, in the bedroom between, you know, uh, man and wife? I would say there's no limits if it if it's it doesn't, you know, uh, conflict with you know either one of your conscience. I would say, you know, go for it. You know what I mean? But uh, just those two restrictions from scripture that I see that those boundaries you do not cross. What well, what do you think, Jerry? Yeah, and you know, 
and that goes to show you what what scripture what what sin does because the reason why a lot of guys try to entertain anal sex is because they it, it needs to get more creative mm-hmm. and what you're doing is it's not only not only is it sin, I believe it's sinful uh, uh, um, in this I, I also believe that it's physically damaging mm-hmm. uh, because it can cause a lot of damage to your wife because that part of the body is not meant to go. Uh, there now don't get me wrong uh, me as myself because of how much lust was in my brain of course i would want to try something with my wife and and try to convince her and all these things but i came to realize that it was just me wanting to to take it to another level because i was not enjoying her i needed mm-hmm. it needed to get mm-hmm. weird and it needed to get crazy and that's what what that does another thing that i would say too in regards to menstruation a lot of guys what a lot of guys do and this is what pornography does we start looking at your we start looking at our wives like pieces of meat. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, you know, your wife is having a period. You don't feel like, you know, you start. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to be with her. But you tell her, hey, do you think a uh, little oral sex is in the game tonight? You know, and and you start because you start looking at her like a piece of meat. You start looking at her like, listen, you know what? You're kind of, uh, you know, you're kind of down for the count. But I still need you to pleasure me. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't, then you start like, yo, but why you gotta be so greedy? Why you got these this is a conditioning. Now, don't get me wrong, if your wife chooses that she wants to do certain things to please you or whatever, and that's her choice or whatever, I, you know, that is between you and your wife. But my point is, is that what happens is we start looking at our wives like pieces of meat. Mm-hmm. I remember earlier on in my marriage, while I was still hooked on pornography, there were times where I would tell my wife, Babe, you don't even have to be awake. Just, just open. That's coming from a guy who's professing to be a Christian. Mm-hmm, yeah. Telling, telling his bride, you don't even need to be awake. Let me just do this. That was what pornography did to condition my mind to look at my wife just like a piece of meat. Mm-hmm. And that's so that is not only dishonoring to God, but that is an insult and, a, and dishonoring to her. Yeah, yeah. bro, man, I, I could relate to that and. And, it, and, and like you said, man, it, it, it's now because of the way it has conditioned a, a lot of men is it conditioned us to instead of seeking to please our wives, we're seeking only for our own pleasure. Mm-hmm. When it's a mutual thing, the wife should seek to please her husband and the husband should seek to please the wife. And uh, man, and, right. and, 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 and even just like as we're still on, on this first one as far as how it impacts the culture today like how you mentioned it's 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 in one way it has demonized sex from the from the the, the christian standpoint and then from the cultural standpoint it has it has almost so freely given it out that this is something that can be done with no boundaries no confinements no no um what do you call it no restraints where it could be done anywhere anytime with anyone and, 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 that, and that's mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, brother. Sorry. sorry. Oh no, I'll finish right there. No, what I was going to say, and that, and, and and the correlation, a lot of times is, is that you do treat your wife like she's from the street. Yeah. And so you you treat your wife like she's just a you know some some you know and 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 that's what brings that that uh, broken broken marriages and you know and like I, I'll give you an example like with me when I would go to church there were certain words I couldn't hear like if the pastor said. Jesus says, come to me. As soon as I heard the word come, I was done. Yeah. I was just like, Bro. I had to just come back to earth. <laughs> if I heard, or if I were here, like something to him say the word hard, I'm like, oh, that's it. 
Now I'm spending the next 35 minutes having to come back to earth because now my mind is going to places mm-hmm. where I'm like visualizing this and that. And so it starts to, I'm telling you, it, it's a sickness. It, it turns you into a sick monster where you can't even hear things. Mm. You can't think because your mind is just going and mm-hmm. going and going. And then that you bring that to your home. You bring that to, you bring that to just your, your just everywhere, to your family, um, uh, everywhere. It just, it really, really, really does damage. And I think we, we trivialize it because we've been desensitized to it. Hey, you're looking at porn, at least you're not touching anybody else. You're losing your damn mind. Yeah, that's what yeah. You do. No, yeah, and I think you bring up a good point because, um, and that's why it's important to talk about these things because those are struggles that I think more than often people have but yeah. don't want to admit. And if there were yeah. more men that would be willing to talk like this, uh, pe- the people would would be exposed even within themselves and realize the connection and the damage that is doing that the pornography is doing in their life and they don't realize that it's it's connecting you to all areas of your life to the to the point you can't hear words to the point that you change your attitude to the way you treat people it, it affects every area you know what i mean so we need more men to Everything. more 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 leaders in the church to, to speak on these things and not be afraid yeah. know, especially mm-hmm. to the youth it, it affects you know? everything every, mm-hmm. more and it affects it affects it even affects how you you look at other men, you because you there's guys. Listen, I, you know, I, ne- I never looked. I never looked at any gay pornography. Never got into that stuff. But what happens is it starts to create in you even certain insecurities mm-hmm. where you start looking at other men and start thinking, "Am I pleasing my wife? Do I got? Am I certain? Am I good enough in this? And mm-hmm. am I bringing it home? Am I?" And you start in your own mind start creating this whole new world. Where you're like comparing yourself to other guys and and this and and it, it just it creates so much mm-hmm. distortion that it, it it really it really is and and one thing I'll say to any man who's listening if you don't think that it's going to take you places you don't think you would go let me tell you something early in my early twenties early in my early twenties when I was because I, I got hooked on it when I was about four or five early in my early twenties I remember when I, that's when I started started to dab a little bit with the younger ones and it was like oh 19 18 and then you start seeing oh she's 17 and then you start going down 16 and next thing you know you're looking at 15 and you start messing with this stuff and I remember early in my 20s I was maybe was it was like 20 years ago and for like about a week and a half or so I was constantly try- being drawn by these advertisements about them getting younger and and these and these things and people say dude what do you I said let me tell you something if you think that men haven't gone there or thought about that you've lost your you, you, your line is mm-hmm. because the thing about sin is that it takes you where it wants to take you mm-hmm. Jesus calls sin a master mm-hmm. and a master does with you whatever the hell it wants to do with mm-hmm. you and you have no control over it and all of a sudden you're stuck neck deep looking at child pornography, looking at animals pornography, looking at men doing this, your neck deep looking at a thousand things that you said, me, I would never do that. Mm. And now it's become a part of you. So if you're listening to this and you think you're not going to go there, or that's not possible, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I want to sell you, so just <laughs> let me know. I'll, I'll give you a good price on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's hard stuff. That's heavy because... Um, uh, sin has no limits. Sin will take you. Um, I even said it's the master, and you're the slave to it. So you're bound 
to where the master wants to take you and the master has no limits of his depravity or evil and so you're you're bound and chains to it and you'll go you're willingly to it you know what i mean and so yeah that's hard stuff right there mm-hmm. um so well, what is the impact of pornography on a person so i, I want to hear more of your story you know what i mean uh just yeah. you know whatever so you want to get into yeah and then i also want to yeah. hear the victories bro because we can talk about all the the depravity and the bondage but i want to hear some victories also you know what i mean oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. i mean i mean the, the, the only reason i'm giving you the bondage part is because you know the victories yeah. and you know it's much that much sweeter <laughs> man it's, yeah but uh yeah so right around the age of four or five years old i remember my dad kind of put me on to it, you know, because in, in some cultures, even in the Latino culture, you know, when you're young, they want to put hair in your chest, so they give yes. you beer and women. Oh, yeah, yeah for real. A little, te- a little tequila, man, and, mm-hmm. and let me tell you something. Let me tell you, uh, to the men listening, if you don't think that Adam's sin impacted Cain, Cain killed his brother. You don't think Adam's sin impacted Cain? Everything you do impacts your child. Everything. And so you got to live in a way that you got to live to honor God because everything you're doing, your child's absorbing. Your daughter wants to marry daddy. Your son wants to be daddy. You need to set a standard for both your daughter and your son. Mm-hmm. You need to set a standard for your daughter so that's the man he wants to marry and your son, that's the man he wants to be. That is our job as men. And my father failed miserably to do that. So around the age of four or five, I, he put me onto that and it stuck in my mind. And so... Uh, as I was old, as I was growing older, I started becoming more insecure. I started becoming more dependent on it. I would watch it two, three times a day. And like I said, then I started to, my mind started going places like, okay, what about this? But I also started becoming more violent and more aggressive and more controlling and more obsessive. And so it really started to um, distort everything. It, ru- it was part of what ruined my first marriage. Um, uh, so that was a that was a part of that, doing that and it, and it affected every relationship I had um, um, you know I was aggressive very insecure um, and so I think that for me from a practical stance and I'm not, and it's not I'm not only talking about the spiritual but just practical stuff it starts to really mess with you and the way that you view other people in your life the way that you view women the way that you view men, the way that you view children, the way that you view everybody. It really messes with you. Um, but I think from a spiritual sense, like I said, as I got older, I started to realize that now that the Lord saved me, as I got, I started to realize that it was really, really turning me away from my creator. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you have an understanding of what you are is understanding of who God is. And when that is taken from you, and when you're blinded to that and can't see that, you no longer have the image bearer seal on you. In other words, in your mind, at least. And so you're just, you, you do whatever. You'll do whatever. You'll do whatever for pleasure. You'll do, I mean, I remember, man, there were times, dude, where um, I would, uh, I, some, I would sneak through, like, windows just so that way, if, if I can catch a glimpse of something, um, uh, I would, uh, walk into stores and try to steal magazines um I would use rent money to go and and buy pornography or uh go to the, the clubs the strip clubs and and it really really started to uh impact me and then everything changed March 9th 
2015, but you guys know that, you know, I'll let you guys get there and ask me that question. But uh, it really, it, man, it, yeah, it was, it was it was rough, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it starts real young. I think that's something that we need to be aware of too. As you said, as fathers, um, I mean, man, uh, I remember I, I don't even know how old I was. I was probably like seven, eight years old, um, riding my bike in the neighborhood, you know, with the other neighborhood kids, and you know, you know, we're growing up in the hood, and then um, they were still building some of it. So in this like cement area there was a magazine and it wasn't just like some playboy stuff you know what i mean um it was it was some graphic you know porn porn magazine and me seeing that as a kid um i remember seeing it with all the little you know homies at the time um everyone getting all you know excited and and everyone to take a page and, and take it home and and all these things it starts real young uh, so we as fathers, we need to be aware of the that our 10 year old, I have a 10 year old right now and I have a five year old right now. Um, you know, I have two boys and, and two girls. My oldest boy is 10. My youngest is five. Uh, I need to be conscious that they could potentially be exposed at this age that has planted a seed in them that it's going to end up growing if I, as a father, don't do something about it or I, as a father, don't implement the biblical teachings and put more of Jesus in them so that whatever worldly thing that they see can be plucked out at its root. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I Amen. think that's 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 our position as fathers. So I really related what you said right now about, you know, it's starting real young and, you know, just just being a father. You know what I mean? So... I think this the same happened for for me. It was the same thing. It was in fifth grade, I, and I still remember the day too. It was in fifth grade, and 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 it was recess. And so me and my friends used to we used to go out to the field area to go play. And we went out there one day, and we saw you know like yourself, there was a magazine on the schoolyard. It was a pornography magazine. So we're like, what the heck is this? And so all me and my friends we're just gathered around it. We're sitting down, and we're just looking at every page. And we're just all soaking it in. And then after that, I, you know, I grabbed it and I hit it so I could take it home. And so from there started my downward spiral as far as that. And then and then even I don't know what it is with with uh, with with uh, Latinos and the upbringing. But even like yourself, a year or two later, my father showed me and said, hey, I'd rather you do this here than get caught anywhere else. And so he he even showed me a website that I could go to to watch these things. You know, it's like, man, like in my mind, even even I knew there was something wrong about that as a, as, as a young kid, right? But nonetheless, I didn't care yeah. because now I got my dad's approval. So now I could, I could, right, which is, I could which, live these things which out. Which is what's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's heartbreaking because, you know, and I think, and don't get me wrong, I think sometimes, you know, they mean, sometimes, you know, they mean well. Yeah. You know, they want you to get, you know, and, you know, and any and a person who's not a born again believer, a person who's not in Christ, you know, they come up with all kinds of ways to try to be a good dad, and, yeah. and uh, most of those things are usually a disaster. Um, so, I, I mean, but the thing is, well, one, you guys started late, man. I was born. You know, I, you guys are rookies. <laughs> yeah, this ain't but, no competition. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, know, but uh, one of the, but one thing I would say to you is that it just it goes it goes to show you the importance of. Being intentional with yeah. your relationships, yeah. yeah. You know, your children, well, our children right now, are being exposed to things 
that even at our age, even when we were their ages, mm. I mean, it, it was harder for us to get these things when we were younger. Now, our kids, you know, you go to a, you go to a third grader and he'll teach you on set because he probably knows more than you do. Mm. I mean, it's, no, it's just real. the way Dang. that it is. So we have to be intentional without having to adopt the social narrative. In other words, we can't make the mistake that our parents made by saying, look, I'm going to teach you this and then be graphic with them because there's no need for that. We don't need yeah. to expand their thoughts. Yeah. We need to let them know this is for a man and a woman who are married and this is honoring to God. And and then, you know, and then try to, because me, for example, I don't watch anything that's over PG-13. Um, if there's anything that I'm watching that is over PG-13, my wife has to read the... Like, I'll watch John Wick or something, because I like action movies. And I, I shouldn't watch them, but, you know... <laughs> but uh, uh, but um, I don't watch anything with any bikinis in it, any women stuff. Like, we'll, my wife has a strong parental control on me and my kids, because she's my... I admitted it to her, and it changed my life. And, and I don't go to the beach. I don't go to the pool. I don't watch movies that are more than PG or PG-13, you know, and uh, because I have a responsibility to protect my eyes, man, because that's the window to my soul, man, and a lot of dudes be playing those games, they're like, oh, that's not, you know, know, it'll be quick, it's a quick scene. Dude, you're going to spend the next six years with that image in your brain, Yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's not no quick scene, uh, you know, and... Yeah, go for it, go for it, no, no, I was just going to say that. I, I think that that's one of those things, you know, sometimes we become like super spiritual and it's like, no, because our fight is against flesh and you know. And like, yeah, that's true. But you have to use practical means. Like you mm-hmm. got to be, like, you don't, you know, if you go to the beach, women dress in a way where you could see their esophagus. So don't go to the beach. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go to the beach. If you need the sun, go to your backyard and get sun in the backyard. And there's, these are things that are practical things that we as men have to do for the sake of our families. And my wife knows. She knows not to. I'm not going to the beach. I'm not going to the pool. If I go to the pool, I go early in the morning when all the old folks are doing their exercises. <laughs> uh, once the younger crowd starts showing up, we take off. If we do go to the beach, I pay money so we can go to those private beaches where we're alone and I'll be there for an hour. And we're like, you have to... You know, yeah, yeah. use, use yeah. your brain for something. Yeah, I like how you mentioned that to, to guard guard your heart, guard your eyes with, with everything because, um, I mean, you guys are talking about husbands and, and fathers. I, honestly, I can't talk about that because I'm not neither of them, but I, I can relate to what you're saying about men guarding their eyes and, and uh, being really protective of what you allow your mind to. Uh, to, to get into because even even just a, a, a simple thought or a simple look or the second look or whatever it is uh, you must guard your eyes even if the world looks at you and, and, and even mocks you and calls you oh you're gay why aren't you looking at that girl why aren't you looking at that girl I get so many comments like that and I'm just like dude I'm not even a, I'm not even I'm not even trying to go there like I, like me, I, I've struggled with that. Like I don't, I don't want to go. Th- I don't want to go to that to that position. So me, I'm like, I don't care. Call me gay. Call me this. Call me that. But I'm not gonna compromise my walk for just one look. And then, uh, I, I mean, I, I like the way that that, that you're like you're talking. Like like it affects your mind. It affects the way that you view people. You start to devalue uh, women. You start yeah. to devalue those around you. And I like how you talked about that. 
you know you feel insecure and man that, that that's so real right there but i mean i would encourage any man that's listening to for the singles out there guard your eyes guard your heart don't don't allow that look that glance or whatever it is and it doesn't matter if the world calls you gay because the world hates you anyways so it's like that's man it. just look for know, god <laughs> and you know what's interesting too is that the only relationship the only person that we can go to messed up and not mess them up is god yeah. You can go to God with all your mess and you're not going to mess up God. You go to God, you go to a woman with all your mess, you're going to make a disaster. Out of mm-hmm. And so you have to guard yourself like you're saying, brother, and even the single guys, like single men if you're out there, you need this is this is actually this is an opportunity for you to grow closer to God, for you to keep your eyes shut on the Lord because as husbands, these husbands will tell you and these fathers will tell you even the Apostle Paul says a man's heart is divided when he has a family because mm-hmm. he has to focus on his wife, he has to focus on his kids. Yes, but as a single man, this is your opportunity, you know, to just love the Lord and focus on the Lord and, and build that relationship in such a way that when you do meet a woman, you're able to honor her and love her and, and care for her and please her in the way that God intended. But if you're out there allowing yourself, let me tell you something, you don't even need to look at people for our minds to go crazy. Like every single man in that room right now in the last 24 hours has had thoughts that he has no idea where the hell they came from mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the guts to share with anybody because they're that sick. Yeah, Every single man in that room has had sick thoughts in the last 24 hours that they wouldn't share with anybody because of that's how sick they are. That's, you know mm-hmm. what that is? It's the corruption that we've consumed for the last 20, 30 years of our lives that the Holy Spirit is still cleansing mm-hmm. and taking out. So we don't even need to look at things in order for our minds to go places. Imagine if you're looking at things. Dude, you, it's it's a bomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I have to say this too because we're going to get people um, that are going to say this. Uh, you're being legalistic. I mean, we have freedom in Christ. You know what I mean? I can watch an R-rated movie. I can go to the beach, you know, on a packed summer, you know, day. Um, and you know what? It doesn't affect me. I have the freedom to go. Uh, we're going to get those people that are going to be like, you know, I, I, can, I can do all, all those things. You know what I mean? Um, I, I would say um, slow, slow your roll, Superman. You know what I mean? Uh, none of us are exempt from 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 lustful temptations or have those uh exempt from having those minds because that how you just said and that's real bro uh, everyone in that in the, in the room brothers have had those kinds of thoughts within the past 24 hours you know what i mean yeah. and, and and you know you know and, and mm-hmm. I, say, I say this my thing that if because notice what i said i said i, I to those people because you're right I, I get that a lot I said I don't go to mm-hmm, Exactly I didn't say you can't go mm-hmm. I said I, Because here's the thing I understand my weaknesses I think one of the greatest things That God has ever done for us Is to reveal That wickedness in us And what limitations We need to abide by What parameters So we don't fall into those things mm-hmm. So it, it, It's like You know It's like right now A person who's drinking alcohol, An alcoholic He might tell you if you want to drink, fine. But one, I'm not going to go to a bar. And two, I'm not going to do it because it affects me. Yeah. Now, if you think you're Superman and it's not going to affect you, more power to you. But to me, I won't do it because it affects me. And if you are a person that you're struggling with lust and you don't think that going to the beach or to the pool where women are half naked uh, is affecting you, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ponte las pilas. Eh. I don't want to tell you, bro. I don't want to tell you, man. Yeah, so, 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 so let's, let's move on and, and, and let's. Yeah. And let's well, actually, get, real quick, I, I, yeah. I, I just want to share um, as we're talking about the impact of pornography on a person and, 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 and in light of, you know, continuing this conversation. Um, I'll just share real quickly with with myself. I found myself in high school and middle school, uh, almost like yourself in middle school. I had a neighbor and, and her window was right next to my window. And I found myself waking up a little bit earlier to see something, you know, and they, and, yeah, and the way that conditioned me is that when going into high school, I then would be up all night. You know, no, you know, this was during the time when my parents were separated. So I was able to, you know, all night look at these videos online. Right to where they'll go a whole night without sleeping, just looking at trying to get something that they'll give me the the, the next uh, edge or that next push. Because after after some time, it desensitizes you. So now you're trying to find something new, something creative, I guess you would say. And so this this uh, has has what what do you call it? This this has almost de um, has desensitized yeah but then it's created this new mindset in a in a man or a woman to where we can't have normal relationships with one another well it's distorted it's a distortion yeah. and 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 to the point where now the goal of high school instead of graduating became with who can i get in bed with and right. and 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 so then it distorts any relationship you have and so as as we move forward into victories I just wanted to point out how the how the impact that this has carries over into marriage, and I, and as we get into victory, man, one of the one of the things I thought, you know, getting getting married, I thought, well, once I get married, my problem will be solved. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have my wife, you know what, and that's it. It's gonna be over. You know, the the the, the battle is won. I've already crossed the finish line. Yeah, you can't but. see Jerry, but he's waving his finger. So, so let's talk about that then, Jerry. Man, let's mm-hmm. share it, it, your victory. It gets and, worse. Yeah, let, let's talk about that and leading up to your victory. Yeah. So yeah. So when you get married, the problem is, is when you get married, not it gets worse because one now you went from lusting after women and doing all these things to not committing adultery because now you're looking at other. Now you're married and you're looking. A pornography so you're committing adultery against the wife you're an adulterer and the only reason you're not dead is because of god's grace because he should kill you on the spot yeah. mm-hmm. and so now you're committing now you're committing adultery against your wife but what happens is, is now you're getting a physical taste you're getting a physical taste of it and you're living and so now you're going to try to live out your fantasies with your wife or what you're seeing on TV and now you're starting to treat your wife like the figure you see on TV mm. and if she doesn't live up to those things then it starts to really mess up with the way you look at her mm. you know and you start to find more faults and and what a lot of guys like to do and this was something that a lot of dudes I know used to do was you know find a way to get into an argument with their wife so that way they can go look at pornography and then justify their their watching pornography because they were angry you know so you know what i'm not gonna cheat on her but i'm gonna mm. no you're lying through your teeth i had a guy one time tell you a true story you guys can i share a quick testimony? of course of course yeah so i had a guy one time he comes up to me i'm talking to a couple of men at a conference and he comes up to me and says you know brother you know i hear what you're saying man because this one time i kind of messed up 
And I said, what do you mean you kind of messed up? Anytime a man tells you, anytime a man is talking about committing a sin and says kind of messed up, mm-hmm. he's lost his mind, right? So he's like, I said, what do you mean? Said, well, you know, I met this woman and me and my wife, we weren't talking terms. And so we ended up in a motel and I ended up having sex with her. And I said to him, I said, brother, listen, in the history of mankind, no man has ever tripped and fallen into a protection. That has never <laughs> yeah. happened. No, for real. We start to create an alternate reality where we start justifying our actions so we can be pleased while at the same time breaking and destroying and dismissing everything that our wife is. She, she goes from being a piece of meat to being a piece of ish. Mm-hmm. Pardon the almost language. Um, because we're looking at her as nothing but an object. And when that starts to happen, and you start finding faults, and you start finding this, and you start finding that, and you can't have any more conversation, you guys ain't talking, you're not communicating, there's all these things happening because you're miserable and you're projecting on her. You're taking out on her your misery. You're miserable, you're dead in your sin, you're drowning in your sin, but you're doing what Adam did, the woman you gave me, you're taking it out on her because it's better to take it out on somebody else than accept the fact that you're that you are a, a, a pervert, a sick human being, and, and need deliverance by, from the, by the Lord. And so that happened to me with my wife. I, I, was, I, was, I never hit her, I never insulted her, but I treated her like she was nothing. She was just an object to me. And, and so you guys want me to transition into that victory? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but right uh, about time, right? It's goodness. <laughs> and so, and so, and so uh, March 9th, uh, I was at a I was at a prayer meeting on a Tuesday night prayer meeting, and um, remember I was sitting there, and there was a there was a woman who walked in, and when she walked in, she was wearing some tight clothes, and my mind went everywhere. I started wondering what does she look like under that clothes, and this and this and that. Right? And so. I remember I fell to my knees and that's that's when it hit me the most that I was just sick. I, I realized it's not that I was just struggling with pornography. I was sick. I was I was I was a sick, perverted person uh, in need of some serious deliverance. And I pounded the ground for like maybe forty five minutes to an hour and all I can say is is Lord clean me. Lord I cried for like forty five minutes to an hour, just pounding the ground. Lord clean me, Lord clean me. It was like straight out of a Disney movie. And just, I was just crying and crying and crying. Got home, and I admitted it to my wife. My wife started weeping. I said to her, you know, I need to let you know this is what I'm going through. This is where I'm at, this and that. She started weeping. And she didn't talk to me for like three days. Around the third or fourth day, I get a message from her with a link to Covenant Eyes. And she says to me, look, I don't understand your struggle. I don't know what you're going through, but I want to help you. When she said that, I felt 50,000 pounds come off my Let's make no mistake about it, gentlemen, those who are listening. The moment that you're able to see your wife for who she is, your life takes on a completely new meaning. The Bible says your wife is God's uh, uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's God's. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Proverbs twenty-two. Um, it's a gift from God. 
And when you're able to see your wife through the lenses that God designed your wife to be seen through, everything changes. And I was able, and when my wife became that ideal helper, as the Bible calls her, where she was able to say, I got your back. I'm going to be hurt. This hurts me, but I got your back. Everything changed. And we started to build on that. It was hard. It was very hard at first, very difficult at first. Because even in the first year when we were intimate, she was thinking, she would start crying sometimes because she would say, are you thinking about those images? Now, anyone listening, don't think I'm throwing my wife under the bus. There's probably women like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he said that. No, my wife and I have been very transparent. My wife has always told me, be transparent about this because women need to know that there's healing. There's a lot of women who are suffering. And my wife talks to women as well. And she lets them know there's healing. But in that healing, there's going to be pain. There's going to be a time where you're going to have all these emotions. But there's healing. So I'm not throwing my wife under the bus. My wife is okay with me being transparent because she wants people to heal. This is yeah. a serious thing. And so that was when everything started. And the moment that I knew that my wife had my back, gentlemen, everything changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was still a struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been clean now for, I'm on the ninth. I'm going to be going on 63 months. And there's times where thoughts come in my mind, but it's, but it's not the same as it was in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You're never, you're never going to get, you're never, you're never, you're never going, as long as you're on this side of heaven, you're never going to get rid of temptation and yeah. and all those things. That's just not happening. I, I think one of the, the things, especially for us as husbands, that, that we can, just as you said, you know, you remember that day and, and that was your victory, right? And I think for us as husbands, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, it doesn't stop when we get married. If anything, it gets even worse as far as the way our, our mind thinks about some of these things. But but even for even myself, and and there's no pun intended, but the victory for the husband is when we come naked before our wife, right? Absolutely. And 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 as distorted as it is, when when we see videos of nakedness, that that's the solution when we come to our wives naked and we bring yep. our baggage, when we bring all of our stuff to them, and 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 just like yourself, you know, I could say the same that. And, you know, I still remember when and where, when, when I was driving, I pulled over, we were in a parking lot, it was nighttime and I had to tell my wife, it was just one of those things that was just pressing on me and I had to say it. And there was many tears that came out. There was many things that, that, that I had to say and, and just share with her as far as this, this thing that I was struggling with pornography and there was reconciliation though it took some time because you know you know as as we open up to our wives and i'm pretty sure you could even say the same thing that it's not like a snap of the finger our wives like all right cool i'm gonna help you with it and then it's just over but no it's just one of those things that it does hurt the marriage but it's but it's a, a it's a type of good hurt because it's brought to the table they are aware and now they're able to find a way to help and and even keep in prayer for you as well because our i mean our wives are our helpers and, and, and so with, with, with me and my wife in our situation, though it took a couple days for, for things to at least get to, not even normal, but even just to, to continue to put where we're able to progress in our relationship. And now, and now she is able to help me and then I'm able to help her because women also struggle with certain things too as well. And that's, that's the whole different thing. 
But there's beauty in that, that when a man and a wife could come naked to one another, and I'm not talking physically naked, but when they could come naked before one another and just bring all their stuff to one another and what they're struggling with. And I think that's for, at least for us as husbands that struggle with porn, that, that when we're able to do that, there is beauty in that because we're able to help one another because we see each other at our lowest. We see each other and we're able to help each other up. Yeah. And you know, and you know, you know. I love you said that, Justin, because one of the mistakes that we sometimes make, especially Christian men. So when you're a Christian, like for example, you know, as 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 us Christian men, you know, we're very vocal about our theology, and mm. and sometimes we we're out there preaching and all kinds of things. And so when our wives don't know that we're struggling with certain things, our wives put us on pedestals that no man should ever be on. Yeah. And then when you start, to, then when you start to believe that hype and you allow yourself to be put on a pedestal you become more ashamed of losing what people think about you and what your wife thinks about you than what even God himself knows about you mm-hmm. you're more concerned about what others think than what God knows and so mm-hmm. you it starts to become worse and worse and worse and worse because now the lie is growing more and more and more you're becoming more frustrated with yourself you, you're feeling you, you, you start feeling more indignant towards yourself because here's your wife praising you and my husband and pastor and theologo and <laughs> evangelista and inside you know that you're just a phony and and or not necessarily a phony but you're 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 you're, you're drowning in all these things and and so bringing that to your wife like you said coming naked to your wife being transparent with her and and being able to bring that to to her and her to you and you guys just being there for each other man that takes off a load because now your wife is reminded of how much more she needs to pray for her husband and how much grace you really need but it also it it, it puts you in a position where now that pressure of being this perfect husband is no longer there but your wife sees you as a as a man that that is in need of grace a man that's in need of prayer a man that that has his faults and his struggles but he's pushing forward and he's focused and when we start to understand those those realities in our lives man it makes it brings our marriages closer because we're praying together we're we're fighting the fight together you don't have to you don't have to uh fake it and 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 act like you're one thing when you're really not that she doesn't have to she doesn't feel the need to put you on a pedestal anymore because a lot of times too what happens is a lot of us Christian guys, especially Reformed guys, you know, we're so proud of our theology, la 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 la, mm. that our wives feel intimidated and they can't have conversations with us because they don't understand what super lapsarian means or whatever the case. Is. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do terrible jobs. In, we do terrible jobs in in, in 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 shepherding them and helping them. And you know, we spend more time talking theology with guys than we do with our own wives because we like those deep words when what we should be having is deep conversations with our wives. And so we start doing all those things and then, but now when you become transparent with her and you're no longer this perfect, super evangelistic theologian from another planet and she's no longer, the relationship starts to grow. The bond starts to get mm-hmm. stronger. I think that helps, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, that, that, that's all real, bro. <laughs> I mean, even, even, even uh, with me and my wife, I even say, dude, like, um, I, I met my wife when I was 18 years old, you know, I met her in, in the streets and everything, you know, in the, my neighborhood days. 
Um, and we got married when we were when I was 24, because I got saved and I got convicted that you know we we're living the sin. So I got married. But from that time, from 18 all the way to the age of 24, I I never stopped cheating on her. All all those years we had two kids together and all that stuff. And then you know I got saved, and then she didn't know about any of that stuff. And then at one point, uh, you know within the first year of my Christian walk, I was I was just feeling a burden within myself that I had to tell her. But within my within myself, I was like, I'm taking this to my grave. Ain't no one ever gonna know about this. And then she was feeling, it was very a spiritual thing because at the same time she was feeling uh, like from the Lord, like, hey, you need to tell me something. You we need, we need to talk about mm. something. And it was, it was a very mm. spiritual um, um, uh, thing that happened right there. So one, one night she thought, you know, whatever you need to tell me, you know, the Lord has been preparing me. You can tell me anything. You know, is there, you know, and she, I knew what she was trying to get at. Like, just tell me. And then so, you know, I, I started telling her, you know, a lot of situations where she figured it. And I was able to tell her, hey, you know, this, this happened, this and this happened. You know, we, we cried, we prayed. Um, and I thought that was the, the end of it because we said, she said, you know, I forgive you. I'm not going to bring this up to you. I'm not going to throw it in your face. And we're new creations in Christ. You know what I mean? Um, I, you know, basically I got your back and like how that happened with you. Um, but then that was in 2013, 2014 around there. And just a couple of months ago, you know, uh, with Justin and his wife were over and we were, um, I think, I don't know, I even forgot how it started. But we started, you know, like arguing or saying, you know, getting, trying, kind of getting into it. And then she finally, you know, in front of Justin and his wife, he said, oh, I just been struggling with those thoughts that you told me, you know, all those years ago that you were unfaithful because we were at that time. We were just like bumping heads uh, a lot to the point where, you know, I had to come out that she was still holding on to those kind of things. And I was like, I thought we squashed it back then. You know what I mean? But even to to I'm, I'm saying this because and when it needs to come out it needs to come out no matter who's around Justin yep. and his wife were, were there and you know I, I felt a little bit even of embarrassment but I had to come out and that's what the body of Christ is there for to to be there when you un, unleash their your your um uh all, all the all the frustrations all the anger all, all the all the things that you feel inside so that we can get through it together, you know? And that, that's something that I love about Justin and his wife, that uh, they were there for us. She was able to talk about these struggles that we were going through in front of them, and they were able to 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 um, give us their advice. We prayed together, and, that, and you know, it's, it's, it's something that had to come out. So that's what the body of Christ is there for, so mm-hmm. that we're able to unleash or vent our emotions and not feel embarrassed or ashamed that oh this brother is gonna judge me or this sister is yeah. gonna think twice about right. me or, or or this and that. And that's the point that I'm trying to make right here that uh, we as a church we need to do better in that area that we should be able to let other people vent about their struggles not only when it comes to pornography or lust but all kinds of struggles if they're dealing with anger if they're dealing with depression without having that thought of of they're gonna judge me or i can't say it because you know uh, what are they gonna think about me or i'm this you know like how you said evangelista you know theologian and i'm the you know leader or doing this and that what are they gonna think about me mm-hmm. uh, but that's when we humble ourselves before the lord he will provide his people to get us through it because that's 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 
part of the means of grace that we have uh, brothers and sisters are able to bear with us um, and endure with us and help us through these struggles. Um, so I just thought, you know, I share that because that's something definitely that was impactful for me just to have Justin and his wife right there, you know, uh, helping us through through the struggles. And it kind of just came out of nowhere. Like, I didn't even know this was even going on, but she had a vent when she had a vent. You know what I mean? And I, we kind of hold that against each other or anything. And ever since then, you know, we, since unleashing that, man, we've been good. You know what I mean? That 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 that's been squashed. You know what I mean? And you know, and you know what's it's. It, I mean, that's such a beautiful story, man. Because I think God in His mercy uh, allowed that to come out in a time where He knew you were going to have the support. Well, He He actually Himself sent the support for you guys mm-hmm. and allowed this to happen in that in that setting. And I think what happens too is in relationships is that we we tend to think, you know, especially men, you know, we think, well, I told my wife, and so she has to forgive me. It doesn't work like yeah. that mm-hmm. <laughs> because a lot of a lot of times our wives have baggage, yeah, and they've been and they've been mistreated and abused and by fathers, by uncles, by husbands, ex-husbands, ex-boyfriends, and so they deposit in us a especially if you're a Christian man, they deposit they place their trust in us in such a way where they give us all all of themselves and then when you violate that mm-hmm. that is catastrophic man. that that is something that is almost like how can this man of all the men in my life how can this guy mm-hmm. do this and look listen is it can it be uh can, you know we can get all theological if we want you know she has to understand her own depravity <laughs> okay fine charles Spurgeon. you can take all that fine but the truth of the matter is this you have been given a responsibility to shepherd your wife's heart. It says to yeah. give yourself for your wife the way Christ gave himself for you. And so you have a responsibility to shepherd your wife's heart. And if you have done something to wrong her and she's grieving, it is not giving you a license to be like, listen, Jesus said you got to forgive seven times 77. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. This is when you have to get on your hands and knees and you got to ask your wife for forgiveness mm. and shepherd her to that time and that grieving process and be there with her and at the same time let her let her go through it while not trying to justify it and also and also understanding that she herself because she has her own struggles and she has her own she herself is dealing with a lot of stuff and so be gentle in this you know don't because I've, heard, I've said this to guys and I've told guys that I've admitted it to my wife and you have these dudes that be like, yo, I admitted it to my wife and she ain't talking to me. <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be talking to you either. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think was going to happen? You think you were going to tell your wife you were watching pornography and she was going to be like, really? But you're not doing that anymore, right? Okay, thank you. Like that's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on, man. I, and so, you know, it takes, it takes time. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's something that, that, that is played out a lot in, in uh, the church setting. Um, in, in our church, in our congregation, my wife and myself, we are the um, leaders in our marriage uh, we are the, the what do you call the, that? The couples, the couples ministry, ministry leaders. It's been so long. We've been I, I know, I, man. We haven't met for so long. I, I'm, I'm. It's weird saying it, but anyways, 
But yeah, so we've been doing that for about four to five years, and and a lot of the couples that we, I mean, we we try to do our best to to meet with every couple one on one, and just have just you know time to sit down and talk. And and one of the things that we have noticed is that not a lot of couples open up and share these things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that really gets to the heart of a lot of things that happen in, in, in the marriage as far as problems that arise is because they have not shared this with their wife or they have not been open about this certain thing, you know, whether it be pornography. I mean, for the, this episode, yes, pornography and other for another episode, you know, other things, too, as well. But like as we're talking about this, there, there has been a number of times that I have seen this played out. And then, of course, like how you said, the response well, she needs to forgive me. Was like no, you need to allow her to go through these emotions mm-hmm. because she too feels these things as well. She feels hurt. She feels maybe betrayed, manipulated at times. Yep. And you know, we we had to allow our wives, you know, just as we ask for forgiveness, we had to allow them to to build or at least to to recover from because this is a blow to them. It's a blow to to who they per- perceive themselves and even to to even just okay well well is he looking at this woman as we're walking by or is he does he look at my friends that way does he look at you know yep. and, and it goes and and all this is just a whole battle that's going on in their mind mm-hmm. that we have to allow them to to go through some of these to you know have these emotions played out in them and then also too we need to continue to reassure our wives and continue to be open with them so that they can find security in the in the relationship that we have with them mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's, man, that, that's wisdom right there, man. And, and, and the funny thing is, or not the funny thing is, but the ironic thing is, is that, you know, especially with Latinos, I mean, we could be, you know, we cheat, you know, you cheated on her, you've been looking at pornography, you've done a thousand things for 20 years, and you're expecting her to forgive you overnight. But if she even looks at a dude, <laughs> oh no, don't go there. I don't know. That's, people are going to drop this episode. <laughs> that's when the, the machismo comes out, eh? Yeah, yeah, but you know, but but all I'm saying is, gentlemen, you know, you know, anyone who's listening, to this, listen, man. The the, the 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 reason why God is the only one who can transform the heart is because the heart is deeply, mm. deeply wicked and broken. Mm. And for us to start demanding things from other human beings, when the when the Father, Son, and Spirit, the Triune, Almighty God, is the only one that can do the work in the heart. And that means the heart has a, it, it, the, the problem is very deep. Yeah. And so even though, even though us men who struggle with pornography and stuff like that need patience and grace and forgiveness and all those things, when we hurt our wives, we also have to understand that there's something deep in there as well that they're struggling with. And for us to add this other stuff on top of them, where they feel insignificant, like, like Pastor mm-hmm. Justin said, you know where they're struggling with like is he looking at my girl or my friend like that is it you know those are real things and we have yeah. to be careful with that and you know and as much time and effort as we put into our sin now we have to put into rebuilding the relationship we have yep. with our wife. yeah amen amen yeah man and uh, i mean we covered a lot today we talked we talked about a lot of things uh i mean this is all good stuff man i think this is something that we need to talk about more and we can oh i I think another thing that we should address i mean i mean we're addressing things as husbands but even you know as far as singles too as important as it is for married men to open up to their wives um i think it's just as important if not even more important before they get into marriage that single men are able to open up with one another 
yeah. any yeah. struggles, that there yeah. is um, that there is encouragement, that there is edification within the brethren. This is where I come in, guys. <laughs> yeah. The expert in singleness. <laughs> Been letting you guys talk all this time. I'm taking mental notes though. So just No, of course. If and when I do get married, I got I got I got these brothers right here. But um, yeah, I want to encourage the singles before before we wrap up uh, this episode. Uh yeah, you gotta get to that space. That if you're struggling with pornography which leads into struggling with lust you got to be able to open up to your brothers in Christ because one of our last questions was how can we as Christians endure temptation how can we help each other out Mm. and it's very important at least for singles to know that there's brothers out there who understand your struggle who have overcome your struggle and are there to help you out because sometimes when you're going through struggle with with pornography, lust, or, or whatever, whatever it is, sometimes you feel like no one understands. Mm. Like if you're the only one that's going through this, and if you if you even say something, uh, I mean, me speaking as a single person, uh, sometimes I, I do struggle with with opening up. But I know that, and I, I, to, to my brother and, and Justin, I know I got I got brothers right here too, from, even from the Reform Latinos group that, that I'm starting to meet more and and I can open up with. But sometimes it's so hard to even start up that conversation because you, you tend to think, how are they going to look at me yeah. once they know that I have this struggle? And then and then you come to find out that it's like, wait a minute, you you've struggled with this too. I mean, something that, that I learned even from Justin was uh, opening up. Um, he opened up with with, with, with some of, some of our brothers so, some things, and that encouraged me. Like, man, I should be I should be able to do that more often, M- much more with with. Um, I mean, me as a single, but but brothers who, who have gone through it, who are married and and have overcome, and so it's very important. I would I would encourage any Christian right now who is struggling and who might feel like, oh, what are they going to think? No, brothers, real brothers in Christ are there to help you out through the struggle. They're there to keep yeah. you accountable. And you, and you know and you know what, Pastor, you know. No, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just say this uh, uh, in regards to what Victor said, that um, that single men need to um, uh, talk to other men, uh, you know, in the church about these things. And I was just going to say that more than likely, once you start talking about these things and putting yourself out there, more than likely, um, they're going to have... Hey, I, I'm struggling with that too. And this brother, we all, oh, me too, me too, me too, me too. Everyone's gonna, it's gonna be a domino effect that everyone's gonna be raising their hand. Oh, hey, me too, me too, me too. So more than likely, in putting yourself out there like that, you're gonna have more men to, to your surprise that are gonna be struggling with the same things. So I would just encourage uh, uh, brothers and sisters to just uh, lay it out there, you know, talk to somebody about it because more than likely, you're gonna have more people that are struggling with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's so, and, and one thing that I would say is that some also sometimes we lie to ourselves and think that the reason why we don't share with people is because we're shy. And the reality is that the, only, the reason why we don't share with people is because we don't want our sin to be exposed and yeah. therefore have to confront it. And and I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll say I've always said this. We don't want God to take away our sin. We want God to take away our guilt. You don't want to feel bad about what you're doing, but you want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when you do talk about it, a lot of guys don't want to talk about it. It's because if they do, now they're going to have to be accountable for it. And they don't want they don't want anybody to take it. Mm-hmm. From and so you have guys who try to convince themselves and say, well, I don't want to talk about it because I'm shy. No, you don't want to talk about it because if you do talk about it, you don't want that dude 
calling you at 11 o'clock at night when you're getting ready to watch a porn and you and you don't want nobody calling you to, to kill your flow. <laughs> and that's why a lot of times some guys don't want you. That, that, that's why guys don't want to talk about it sometimes. And then there's also and then there are those occasions where the guy is so arrogant that he doesn't care what God thinks as long as his boys don't think anything about him. You know, that's but but you know, God knows what you're doing. I don't really care what God thinks, but as long as guys don't listen, if you're struggling with this and and it's and, and it's something that you're drowning in, all of those excuses that you convinced yourself, well I'm too shy, I don't know how to talk about it. Take all those things out of your mind and go to your elders, go to your brothers and ask them to pray with you, to help you and throw yourself on your knees and cry out to God to deliver you from this monster. If you are a Amen. single man, because you are for, you are forsaking the most beautiful relationships you can ever have. You are passing up on some uh, something wonderful and amazing for to sit in front of a screen for 17 hours because you have to find that perfect image in that perfect video so uh. you can do your thing so you're on the screen for three days you don't even drink water <laughs> for three days because you got to find it you 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 you're destroying your life because you want to continue to hang on to this thing run to your leaders run to someone you trust and throw yourself at God's mercy man and if you need someone to also talk to I'm here for you guys, man. You know, I, I, I try to be as honest as I can because I spent 30 years making excuses and I came to realize I was full of crap. Yeah, man. And yeah, I think um, um, that's a good way to, to wrap up this episode because, you know, man, we, we talked about a lot of things, a lot of real things. And, you know, let, let's continue, you know, to this conversation, you know, in, in every area of our life that we are able to be transparent and we're able to talk to each other about these kind of things, you know, um, because that's that's what the whole Christian um, brotherhood is all about. That we're able, unlike the world, the world, you know, like I said, they'll, they'll call they you gay. It. They applaud it or like they, they'll call you gay if you're not looking at that woman or whatever. Um, that's not how it's supposed to be in the church. And we yeah. have those mm -hmm. that, that support system in the church that, hey, brother, you know, I got your back. We'll we'll, we'll, show, we'll, we'll go through this together. And, you know, that accountability is there. So mm. uh, I would encourage anybody listening who's struggling with these kind of things to, you know, go to, go to your elders, go to your pastor. Uh, Jerry put himself out there. You know what I mean? Hit us up. Send us an email. Um, before we wrap up, Jerry, um, w w where can they find you at? You know, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not as, I'm not as skilled as you guys. You guys are professional. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, you know, I'm on Facebook. You know, I, I have a couple of videos out there. I actually made a video on single men. Um, I'm not sure if I actually uploaded that one. I might have, but uh, Pastor Victor, man, if you want, I can share that video with you. Something that I think is encouraging. Um, if yeah, you guys, for sure. If anyone ever needs, if anyone wants to talk, man, uh, you just hit me up. I, I, you know, I'll give you my phone, my cell phone number. If you need someone, 11, 12 o'clock at night, that's usually when the vampires come out. You know, <laughs> you give me a, you know, you give me a holler, text. Yeah. You know, because I, like I we're in this together, man. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're in this together. And, and so if anybody needs to talk, man, I'm just Jerry, man. I'm just a guy, you know. It's, you give me a holler, man. And I'm, I'll be more than happy to mm -hmm. have that conversation. 
Amen, amen. So, um, you guys have any, have any last no, words? No, th- thank, mm-hmm. thank you, Jerry, for joining us in this conversation. And for, for all of you listening, I hope you guys were encouraged. I hope you were edified and, and maybe even just um, compelled to go and share with those around you. Maybe you are struggling with some of these things and have yet to open up about it. I encourage you to do that. I mean, there's there there's a lot of... It takes humbleness to do that, but then at the end of the day, it, there's a lot of growth that only comes from that. Yeah. And and again, if you if you feel those desires, those temptations creeping up, you know the ones that just tell you do it. You know, yeah. overcome that and say no, don't. <laughs> no, yeah, that's for real. That's for real. Um, yeah, so uh, hit us up reformplaza.com. Uh, you where you can send us an email right there. You can send us a comment. Um, you know. Let us know if this episode was edifying. Was was that it was it helpful? Is there other things you would like us to to speak on on, on the next episode? Uh, you know, hit us up. You know, within with your ideas, with your concerns, your rebukes, whatever it is, because uh, this is the first episode of a series that we're going to continue the struggle. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the struggles of the of the of Christians, what we go through. Um, so, gracias once again, Jerry, for you know uh, everything that you said. It was much needed. Um, you know, so with that, you know, we're going to go ahead and end this episode. So gracias. This is Reform Raza. We'll catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm. And may God be glorified through the edification of the saints. Amen. A rato vatos. Later, guys. Peace. Decorated ceiling, got them eyeing in amazement. All kind of paintings we hang from the wall, trying to keep their minds off, but we hide in the basement. We spit about the sin that we overcame. It's easy to talk about your past crimes. What about the one you still on today? But last week you just said it was the last time. The one you've been hiding your fight with, cause in all of your fans' eyes you were righteous. It's easy to expose the other side, but we done it. Talk to come to the light, this. Alright, let's do it They've been dying to find something on me I give it to them I'm about to tell the truth So let's get to the core Talk about business, addiction, the poor Looking through my pops' mask Then I saw it on the screen and it got bad Tried masturbating but I ain't know how I was like nine, I was a dope child At 13 it worked and it began All I wanted to do was feel that feeling again So that night I did it again and again and again Never knowing that I couldn't control when it would end I am only a child, it's a grown man's fight Who the figure that would dip into this grown man's life Should have known then Satan wouldn't fight big Went from a wet dream to a nightmare Boyfriend 
and we would stay the night. And I would watch movies late at night. But one night when I tried to put the tape on and press play, that tape isn't what came on. It showed way more than I'm used to seeing. So I watch it every time that we went to see him. And later on, he became step pops. Anytime I needed, I could see it on his desktop. And when I was only 15, he started giving me his magazine. If I was left alone, I would do it all day till they got back home. Reading five times a day was the average. Even if I tried, couldn't break the habit. I had this addiction, but I never fought it. I thought it was something I'd be able to quit whenever I wanted. This is my confession. 